everybody. I hope you're doing well today. You're about to hear a sermon at Laurentian Wesleyan Church in North Bay, Ontario, Canada. Whether you attend our church or are listening for the first time, we sincerely pray this recording is of help to you. And don't forget, it's always better live. Join us each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. Thanks again for listening. We want to take a look at that uh, scripture for a few moments this morning, but before we do, did you hear the story about uh, the man this week, who uh, the 88-year-old man who was charged with stunt driving? <laughs> did you hear about this? He, um, uh, the police watched a vehicle traveling southbound, southbound on Highway 11 in Tamagami at a high rate of speed. A member of the Tamiskaming OPP was on patrol conducting speed enforcement this past Sunday at approximately 11.30 a.m. He must have been late for church. The vehicle was stopped and ticketed, and the 88-year-old from Whitby, Ontario, was charged with stunt driving, which is, which is 50 kilometers over the speed limit. Uh, the vehicle was towed from the scene and impounded, and he has a court date <laughs> coming up. Isn't that, uh, it's really kind of scary because I think there's a $10,000 fine uh, to that, right? And, and I don't know, maybe I should admit this, but you know, sometimes if you're going down a hill, you can kind of just lose and you can just touch on that. And I thought, man, if you ever got stopped, right, you'd lose, whatever. But uh, not a good day, not a good day last, uh, last Sunday at 1130 for this, for this gentleman. Well, we're not talking about this kind of fast today. We're talking about fasting. How do you like that transition, right? Fast and fasting. No, I thought it was funny. Anyway, um, we're talking about fasting and praying. And, uh, you know, we've been on a journey through the Sermon on the Mount uh, over the past few weeks. And, of course, we've been, we took a little break from that as Christy and I were away. And, uh, and I do want to thank, uh, thank Bill and uh, Justin for speaking while I was away and appreciate that so much. But we ca- I thought we'd just jump right back into where we left off. And if you uh, remember back that far, we talked about the Lord's Prayer and Jesus was teaching the people how to pray. And we come to this passage, we come to this passage about fasting. And you know what? You might even ask yourself, why do we need to talk about this, right? Why do we need to talk about fasting? Well, if, if we want to follow Jesus' instructions, we can't ignore it. It's there, right there in Scripture, when it says in Matthew 6, when you fast. When you fast. I believe the reason that fasting and praying is relevant today can be summed up with these three questions. They're on your outline uh, there today. And these questions, have you ever asked these? Do you find it hard to focus on Jesus in a crazy, busy world? Isn't that one of the first reasons people say, I find it hard to pray. I'm so busy. Do you want to grow in your faith? Are you in need? Are you in need? Who here would say no to all three of those questions? No, that doesn't apply to me. And I think that's why we want to spend a little bit of time talking about fasting and praying today. And this verse from Ezra 8.23, it seemed fitting as a key verse. So we fasted and petitioned our God about this, and he answered our prayer. We fasted and prayed 
and God answered. And in Ezra's case, he was asking for safe journey for the people. But for you and I, I think that we can put our this in there. <laughs> we can put our this in there. Let's go back to Matthew 6, verse 16. And notice that Jesus didn't say, if you fast. He didn't say, when you feel like fasting. He didn't say this. Now, listen, this is a message for super spiritual people. The rest of you don't have to listen. He didn't say those things, did he? He said, when you fast. It was presumed by Jesus that if you want to learn how to pray, as he had just talked about, as he taught the Lord's Prayer, you're going to fast as well. You're going to fast as well. Fasting is part of a believer's prayer journey. But you know what? And I would put my hand up as well to confess this. Very few of us do it. Very few of us do it. Well, what is fasting? And can I just, uh, I think we know this, but fasting is simply giving up food to take time to pray. And it's throughout Scripture. We can't really get away from it or think that it's just kind of some corner there that we don't have to pay attention to. I mean, many times the Israelites fasted. They even had special times throughout the year that as a community that they would fast together. Of course, we know that Jesus fasted when he began his ministry. For 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted. And the early church didn't really attempt anything significant without prayer and fasting. Let me read Acts 13, verse 2 to 3. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. When there was a decision to be made, the people prayed and they fasted. So can I, I kind of thought to myself, why don't we do it? You know, maybe you, maybe you have a practice of fasting. I'd love to talk to you and how that has been built into your life. But, but why don't often we, we really pay attention to, to this and, and do it? Well, I think the first reason is we don't like to be hungry. <laughs> right? We don't like to be, I don't like to be hungry, right? And so we think, oh, let's just put that aside. Uh, we see some Christians fast with little apparent spiritual focus. Have you ever had that happen? You know, when's the time that we kind of talk about fasting a little bit? Well, it's sometimes the period before Easter, right? Some people call it Lent. Uh, it's a period of fasting and, and in church history, it's often been kind of a, a time when we remember when Jesus fasted for 40 days. And uh, those things can be very spiritually significant, but so often it just seems like, I gave up chocolate, <laughs> you know, or, or those kind of things. And so we like put it aside sometimes. It's another reason perhaps is it's, it's hard to do fasting alone because we usually eat with others, right? And it kind of puts us on the spot if we say, no, no, we're fasting. And then, you know, people don't know what to do with that. And, you know, sadly, I think sometimes we don't think it makes any difference. I mean, why do it? It doesn't really matter. God still hears our prayers, right? 
And I think when we talk about fasting, I thought of, you know, we, uh, a lot of it's around health concerns. And maybe we just kind of think of those things. And so we don't think of it as a spiritual focus. But still, even with all those excuses that maybe we make of why we don't, Jesus says, when you fast. So beyond just following Jesus' you know, instructions and assumption that we would be fasting, can I ask why, uh, why should we fast? Why should we fast? And number one, it shows God and us that we're serious. It shows God and us that we're serious. God honors us when we take time to not only pray, but to acknowledge through our actions and our sacrifice that we mean business here, God. When we give up something that is life-giving, like a meal, to pray, it says to God and reminds us that our relationship with God is also life-giving, even more than food. There is nothing about this that is for show or for others to see. This is about you and God. And you know what? Can I just remind us? It's wonderful to be prayed for by others. But personal prayer is vital. Right? How sad it is sometimes that this passage, as we look at the Lord's Prayer, and how some people kind of uh, think that, you know, we come to church and maybe we'll recite the Lord's Prayer, and that's, that's maybe the only prayer that some people will say all week. Personal prayer is vital. The growth of your faith can't be accomplished by me just praying for you. It's my privilege to do that. But growth happens in your life when you spend time in focused prayer. I have, uh, I have two quotes that I wanted to share today from uh, the great theologian from the 1700s, John Wesley, who spoke about this. And this is the first one, if you want to put it up. Fasting increases seriousness of spirit, earnestness, sensibility, and tenderness of conscience, deadness to the world. In other words, we just kind of start shutting off the world's negative effects on us. Deadness to the world and consequently the love of God and every holy and heavenly affection. It helps us focus. It helps us focus in. You know, a few years ago, Chrissy was, uh, was away for a few days. And I wanted to paint one of our bedrooms in her favorite color. Does anyone know her favorite color? Purple, right? If you, you, if you don't know that, we need to have you over because you'll know right away. Um, <laughs> but we have purple dishes and purple blankets. And purple. Um, but uh, we, had a, we had a bedroom, and I thought, you know, this would be nice. Chris, it needs to be painted, and I'm going to get this done. And So can I, can I tell you, you might know this about me, I don't like painting. <laughs> I don't like painting, and it's mainly because I don't feel like I'm very good at it, right? When I paint a room, even now, when I go into a room I've painted, all I see is all the things I did wrong, right? Or all the places where it's splotchy or whatever like that. And it uh, doesn't seem to matter if I go slow or fast. It still looks like that. So I don't know. But, uh, but I was determined to get this room painted. And uh, you know what? Even though I don't love painting, I got it done. Right? When I decided to sit down 
and focus, or not sit down, or get to work, get the paint, right? And uh, there was a sense, well, Chrissy was coming. I can't take a break here. I am going to paint this room and get it done. And I was able to do, I was able to do that. I was determined. The distractions I set aside, I dedicated the time, and I was determined. And you know what? I think that that's what fasting can do for us, for our prayer life. When we set aside the time and say, I'm going to pray and do nothing else right now. I think it can help us. I think it can help us. And you know what? Can I, can I, uh, I think that our prayer is something that we all know that is life-giving, but sometimes it just is that thing that keeps being pushed off. So how can... How can we uh, make it a priority? Well, I think this is one way. Well, why fast? Number two, every relationship needs dedicated time. The heart of fasting and prayer is our relationship with God. Let me read Matthew 6, verse 17 and 18 again. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face. Excuse me. So that it will not... Be obvious to others that you are fasting. And can I just stop there? I mean, there was a practice that, uh, that, that the Pharisees and other you know, religious people, they would do this, right? They would fast and they wanted everyone to know, right? And so they, you know, they made themselves just look like, oh, I'm, just pray for me, brother, I'm fasting. You know, like that kind of st- stuff. And it was all a show, right? So Jesus is confronting this. Saying that's not what it's about. But pray, but only to your Father. When you fast, only to your Father who is unseen, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Jesus wanted the people's prayer and fasting to be connecting them to the Father. Not for them to be seen by other people. And even that term, Father, is a personal term as we looked at in the Lord's Prayer, right? When we can say, our Father. We could even say, Abba, Father, Daddy. He loves us. He wants relationship with us. Fasting is to be done with the object of seeking to know God in a deeper experience. God, in His mercy... You know what? He will answer the quickest and most desperate prayer, right? You've prayed those prayers. I have too. Of any person who finds themselves in trouble. But remember that Jesus is teaching us how to pray. And if you're a believer who wants to go deeper in your relationship and understanding of God, we should hear and apply Jesus' words with expectancy that he will show up and honor these things. Every relationship needs dedicated time. Number three, in times of sorrow, it helps us through. And you can't not talk about sorrow and pain when you talk about fasting. Fasting and sorrow often go together. You know, going without can be an expression of grief or sorrow. One of the first things that naturally happens in crisis, have you noticed this? Uh, is we often, for lots of people, they stop eating, right? Have you noticed that? When someone is in deep sorrow or grief, they forget to eat. You know, we've, we've all heard that. You should eat something, <laughs> right? You should eat. So keep your strength up. You should eat something. And it's a common 
reminder and difficulty to the grieved or pain-stricken. There's something powerful when we humble ourselves and instead of focusing on our sorrow or difficulty, we redeem that time to pray. You know, there's a sense in fasting that there are times that we are so struck with how unworthy we are that we can't help but have this time of almost grief and sorrow in prayer. Right? That might not sound exciting, <laughs> right? Because uh, we want to keep upbeat and excited, and we even don't like saying we're unworthy, right? Because we have great worth. Jesus did whatever it took. That's how worth. That's how worthy we were. But in comparison to who He is and who we are, God, why would you pay attention to me? I keep doing things that are against your your ways and, and disappointing you. Boy, you must be disappointed with me. Have you ever had those times? And sometimes, sometimes we come to God and say, boy, I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm going to give this up and I'm just going to spend some time and maybe it'll hurt a little bit, but that sometimes can help us. Could it be that we don't fast because we are not grieved about our state before God? or the difficult circumstance we face, or we try to placate our grief with other things that we know don't work, but we do it anyway. Sometimes it actually is food, <laughs> isn't it, that we use. When we fast, we are taking our grief directly to a loving God who has the power to act. In times of sorrow, fasting can help us through and number four, why fast? There is a reward. There's a reward waiting. Jesus ends this passage saying that God will reward those who humble themselves, give up food, and take time to pray. You know what? Can I just pause here for a moment? And I, I suspect I'm like you that there have been times, even before, you know, in the Lent season, that maybe I've given something up and, and uh, you know, lots of people give up chocolate or they give up tv or they give up doing something um and try to take that time to help uh, remind us to pray and i think those things can be good but i think there's something central to this that food should be the bread and butter if you will of fasting because food is life-giving to us right when we give up something that's bad for us anyway well, that maybe is good, you know, but when we give up something that is good for us and say, you know what, I'm going to give this good thing up to do something that's even better and spend time with my Lord. I mean, that's what fasting was in Scripture, mostly. There's a few exceptions, but that's, uh, we can look at those. Jesus made it clear that if you're fasting so others will see how spiritual you are, then that's your only reward. But there is something special awaiting when we do what Jesus says. God, God does speak today. And he wants to speak to you. There will be answers to our prayers. We always pray in accordance with his will, that his will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But there will be answers. He'll remind us of his promises. He'll speak words of discipline, encouragement, and direction. 
You know what? Sometimes we don't talk about this much in our tradition. I hope you understand what I mean. But we, uh, but we believe that God can give us what we need in the time that we need it. Have you, I hope you've had that experience. It doesn't happen to me all the time. But there have been times when I've come to God and said, God, I need you. And he gave me what I needed at that moment. He just reminded me of, of a promise of his. You know, posture makes a difference when we pray. What do I mean by posture? Well, there were, there were three men who were discussing the proper posture for prayer. The first said that one should be on one's knees with heads bowed and in reverence to the Almighty. And Well, the second argued that one should stand with head raised, looking into the heavens and speak into the face of God like a little child. Well, the third spoke up and said, I know nothing about these positions, but I do know this. The finest praying I've ever done was upside down in a well. (laughs) That's the best posture. You know, some people pray best when they, when they sit, some kneel, some go for a walk, some go for a drive with their eyes open, I hope. Um, but really, we're not talking about physical posture here. That's, what I'm, that's not what I'm talking about. We're talking about the posture of the heart, right? The posture of the heart. Boy, all through this passage, isn't that what Jesus is doing? Boy, everybody's focused up here on the outside and says, well, boy, if I, if I just, you know, look like I'm honoring my marriage, that's all that matters, right? And Jesus says, no, even if you think, <laughs> right? And he keeps going down and, he, and he's doing it again with prayer. He wants our heart. He wants the posture of our heart to be surrendered to him. And it can help to do something in the physical world that can help us remind Remind us and help us get in that posture. One of the biggest reasons that sometimes we don't pray is we say we don't have time, right? And I wonder if fasting is God's answer. I found some time for you, right? I found some time. Why not take just a few minutes here? So the challenge today is no surprise, right? And it's a challenge for me, too, because I'm speaking to myself. This is not a a habit that I have, but I've been challenged as I've been preparing today. So I would challenge you to pick a meal, to skip it, and spending that time in prayer, seeking answers to the questions we began with. It's a crazy, busy world. God can help us slow down and hear him. Do you want to grow in your faith? Well, man, if the answer is yes, maybe this is something that can help you. Are you in need? Of course we are. And you know what? This is not something, and and to honor this scripture, I'm not asking you to tell me, (laughs) right? Or I'm not asking you to tell anybody else. This is between you and God. But this is not for you to check off a box. You know, I've gotten caught in that at times. You know, there's a pressure in the church sometimes. We, we, we kind of know how to do pressure <laughs> a little bit. Uh, sometimes badly, but uh, 
you know, that, oh, boy, you should be doing this. You should be having your devotions every day. And there have been times when I did my devotions just to check off the box, not to spend time with Jesus. You understand what I'm saying? This isn't to check off, oh, I fasted. Now I can check that off. It's deeper than that, right? In times of sorrow, when we need direction, when we are grieved by sin, in preparation for ministry to be filled with the Holy Spirit's power, fast and pray. Coming in for a landing, and uh, just a few minutes, we'll be uh, singing a song, uh, a song of reflection as we consider these things. But, uh, you know, recently I heard uh, uh, a speaker named Shayla Visser, and she happens to be the head of Alpha Canada. And Alpha has just an incredible ministry that's kind of having a resurgence, especially in our nation, uh, and God is using it. But I heard her at the, at the Canadian Church Leaders Conference that I recently attended, and, I, and, and her talk was excellent. It was one of those things I thought that she was just going to get up and it was going to be an infomercial for Alpha, if you know what I mean. But boy, she just, it wasn't. She talked about Alpha, but she talked about how God is working and challenged us to listen. And she, she said something like this. What would happen if we look, if we took the amount of time we're here at this conference, and there was about, I think about 300 of us there, and we were there for about two days. And she said, what would happen if all of us, as church leaders across the nation, took the same amount of time asking God to speak to us? What would happen? And it was just kind of a, a simple in a way, but a convicting word. Saying, well, do I, would I consider <laughs> spending this kind of time just asking God to speak? How often do we take the time to ask God that question? God, do you have something to say to me? Jesus has made a way for us to come to the Father. That's what we celebrated in communion today. He's made a way for us to have a relationship. And if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you can make that right today. You can receive him into your life and ask him to forgive your sin and enter your heart. Our first step is to believe and receive the Lord Jesus Christ. So can I give you some practical steps today for you to consider? I think they're on the, I think I have them on the screen there. Thank you. I'd encourage you to pick a time. I'm going to do that today. To pick a time. If you would consider doing this. And secondly, you know what? We're not, again, we're not talking about checking off some checkbox. You can take five minutes or you can take longer. It's, it's up to you and God. But sometimes, if we're not used to kind of taking this kind of time, maybe we don't know where to start. You know, we pray through our list and we're done. And, you know, there's something that uh, Scripture can help us. Why don't you just pick a Scripture uh, that, is, uh, that is meaningful to you? Even something like Psalm 23 or, or the Lord's Prayer or the prayer in John 17 that we looked at at, at Bible study. It's a wonderful prayer. And just pray that scripture. And that can help, that can help you. And, and I'd encourage you, number three, to spend at least part of your time in silence. Just saying, God, would you speak to me? Would you speak to me? And that, really, out of anything I've said, could be the hardest thing. <laughs> right? 
to be silent before the Lord. Because you know what the enemy will do? He'll start planting things in your mind. And you'll say, no, no, no. God, I want you to speak to me today. I want to close with my second quote. I said I had two quotes from John Wesley. This is a little bit more... more uh, the language kind of is a little bit of a barrier, but I think it's something that we can meditate on and think about. I think it's on the back of your, your handout, if you'd like to take a look at that. Let our intention herein be this, and this alone, to glory our Father which is in heaven, to express our sorrow and shame for our manifold transgressions of his holy law, our sin, to wait for an increase of purifying grace, Drawing our affections to things above. To add seriousness and earnestness to our prayers. To avert the wrath of God. And to obtain all the great and precious promises which he has made to us in Jesus Christ. To obtain all the great and precious promises. so much for listening today. It's our prayer that you would discover the love, joy, and purpose found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. We would love to hear from you, or better yet, why not visit us? You can find out more about our church at our website, LaurentianChurch.com. Laurentian Wesleyan Church, following Christ, growing together.